glad you're joining us here today, guys. It was, wasn't communion just awesome here today? Isn't it awesome? Come on. This is so, you guys look so good today, you know? And I can say that because the lights are, are blinding me and I can't see your faces, so I'm just saying it. <laughs> you look great. Turn to the person next to you. Come on, just tell them, you look great today. Come on, tell them, tell them. Turn to the other person next to you and say, hey, did you lose some weight? Come on, tell them. Tell them, look great. Is my nephew Josiah here? Did I see you over here? Is that you, Josiah? Give, is that you, Josiah? Put your hand up if that's you. All right, give him a great big God bless you. He's handsome, 22 years old, and single. Praise the Lord. All right. You got to trust God. Have you ever heard anybody say that before? You just got to trust God. I heard a preacher say that one time. I was really wanted to trust God. And all I ever heard him say was, you got to trust God. Come on, you got to trust God. Come on, say that with me with a raspy voice. You got to trust God. And I wanted to trust God. I really wanted to. I was in a dark place in my life. I, I, I had uncertainty. There was, I needed answers. I needed direction. I needed to know what my next step was. And so I went to the service, and, and, I, and I really felt like someone said, go there, and, and you might get an answer. And all I kept hearing was, you got to trust God. Come on, say that with me again. Come on, you got to trust God in that raspy preacher voice. You know, I'm like, I'm not getting it. And so I left there very frustrated, and I told myself, I'm going to learn how to trust God. I'm going to learn how to help people learn what does it really mean to trust God. So today, this message is dedicated to anybody who's ever had that experience about what does it really mean to trust God. Anybody here today, come on, who wants to know how to trust God, all right? And here's the deal. We exercise trust every single day of our life, whether you realize it or not. When you get in an airplane, you trust God, or you're trusting that pilot to get you from point A to point B. I, I don't think anybody in here has ever flown a commercial airliner before. Let me see, okay? So when you get in that plane, you are exercising trust in somebody else. Anybody with me? All right, so when you sit in the dentist's chair, and my good friend Dr. Mike is here, all right, when you sit in his chair and he turns that drill on, I hate that drill, don't you? Come on. It's a laser now? I understand. Okay, but I, that drill, when you hear, and he's drilling down, he, and now you're all numb and saliva and everything's just falling out, right? I know he knows what he's doing. I can't, I can't fix those cavities. I can't fix any of that, but I know he does. So I exercise trust. When you turn a light switch on, you expect it to go on. Everybody stand up for a second. Stand up. Stand up for a second. Please, please, please. Stand up. Stand up. All right? Now sit down. Did you trust that chair to catch you? How did you know I didn't have somebody, Scott, pull the chair back from Tino and let him fall on his rear? How, how did you know? So you trust, we exercise trust every single day of our life. But then here's the question, how do we take that trust and put it towards God? How do we say, how can I trust God? How can I really trust that God will help me through this uncertainty, through this dark place that I have in my life, through this unknown? And I think today, uh, I, I hope this really ministers to all of us. All right, so let's look at Proverbs chapter 3, and, and let's see what this says here, because this is where we're going to find our text. Proverbs chapter 3. Verses 5 through 6 says this. It says, my son, actually, we're going to read more than 5 or 6. My son, 
Do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. How many can see this, that when we trust God and when we follow God, he adds length of days, right? Years of life and peace. How many could use a little more peace in your life, right? Especially coming into the holidays. Hello. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so that you will find favor and good success. Notice this. It is God's will to find favor and good success. How many of you could use a little more favor and a little more good success? It's right here in the scripture. It is God's will, all right? So to find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. There's that word. You got to trust God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Today's will of God for your life today is for your path to be made straight today in Jesus' name. Do you believe that today? I don't believe you're here by accident. I believe you're here for a reason. I love what Jason said in his opening. I just don't believe that we do anything by accident. I believe maybe someone drug you to church today, and that's okay. We'll take you whether you were drugged or drugged. That's a good one, right? (laughs) You need to get rid of that from the video, baby, all right? But we'll take you any way you get here. You know, you got to pull someone by the ear. Just get to church. All right, so, but uh, it is God's will for our path to be made known, for not to be in the valley of decision. Not to be in the valley of darkness. Not to be in the valley of indecision. All right? I just believe that that's what God's saying to us here today. All right. So what does it mean to trust? To trust actually means to be confident. It means to be bold about something, to be secure in something. Okay? So I think all of us would agree with that. So the absolute opposite of that is just as true. To if, if we have a lack of trust, that means we're going to uh, experience insecurity. We're not going to be bold about something, right? Are you guys following me? And so you can test yourself personally where your trust level is based on are you confident or are you not confident? Are you secure or are you insecure about something? And so I've noticed in my life when it comes to trust, when it comes to being in pressure situations, especially the dark season of our life, and when we have to make a decision or when the pressure is on, okay, I know that in my life that uh, when I'm feeling that pressure, stuff comes out of me that I like to blame my wife for. Come on, somebody. All right, stuff comes out of me, and stuff comes out of you. And I've learned that the, if I'm anxious about something, I, I learned that maybe I, I don't have a level of trust in something. Or if I'm nervous about something, I've lost a level of trust in something. Are you following me? If I'm moody about something, when I'm, when I'm in the valley of decision, you know, the only th- one thing worse than a moody woman is a moody man. Come on, somebody. All right, so I know when I'm in that valley, I, I know. Listen, for a year, I was a moody man, trust me, okay? And everybody's just walking in eggshells around me, but there was something that was going on inside of me that I was trying to figure out. I was in a holding pattern, man, and I didn't know I was in a holding pattern. I was trying to figure something out, and while I was trying to figure it out, I was taking it out on everybody in my life. Am I talking to anybody here today? Okay? And so what I want to do, just before I move on to the crux of this message today, because I'm going to show you an illustration that I believe is really going to drive home our point. I want to do a little trust test today. Is that okay? You kind of did a little bit 
one with me, okay, with the standing up and sitting down thing. Um, but how about this one? I'm just going to run through a couple of these tests and see where you are. How do you react in these situations? And tell me if, if you feel like you're confident or insecure in, in, in your situation. You're waiting in line at the grocery store, and you've been sent on a mission and an errand by your spouse for a certain ingredient, and, and dinner is waiting on that certain ingredient. Everybody's waiting there for that certain ingredient, okay? And you're in the express line. It is not moving in an express line way. Okay, and you're, you're there, and it's just going on and on and on, and, and you've, you've already been through, you've already checked Facebook, you've already checked Instagram, okay, you, you, you've checked your bank balances, okay, and this thing's going on and on and on. So where are you? And now the texts are coming in, <laughs> where are you? Okay, and so how do you act? How do you respond in a situation like that? Do you freak out? Do you melt down? Or, or do you just sit there and just say, you know, driving Miss Daisy. Come on. How, how do you react? How do you handle? We all are different. And it might be based on a, a different season of life. But how do you react in a situation like that? How about this one? Uh, I'll use Dr. Hoffman again. When, 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 and, and this is personal for me because he and I are friends. And, and, and through some of our extracurricular activity outside of church, you know, um, he'll, he'll, one time he just kind of got this little gentle um, this little gentle correction over to me in a really cool, slick way, just talking about how much he values when people are on time to his practice. <laughs> and I was just like, well, you know, I'm always on time, but it's Jeannie that makes me late all the time, you know? And so, and so but, you know, when Jeannie's not in town and I'm by myself and I'm running late, I only have moi to blame. Come on. And so, so, you know, so I'm on 23, cruising to his, to his practice, and I'm having this conversation in the back of my head. He, he doesn't hold it against me, but I, it's just a personal goal for me, right? I don't want to be late. He's already made it very clear. And so, and if you're late to his practice, I'm making it very clear to you too. Praise the Lord. Look at that. So, 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 so you know, so you're, I'm, you're on there, and, and, and I'm sweating, and, and I'm, I'm weaving in and out of traffic. There's no trust in that. Are you guys with me? So, and how many of you realize that weaving in and out of traffic doesn't get you any place any faster, right? Sitting at the grocery line like that, just complaining, talking about how that lady needs to get a real job. Hello. And don't tell me you haven't thought that. I just get to speak it out, what you think. Come on. You know, we've all done it. All right. All right. All right. So, all right, what about this one? You've given your child plenty of notice about a honey-do list around the house. You've been very clear. You want this done at this certain time, and it should be done like in, in five days, okay? I'm saying, and so you're waiting day one, day two, day three, day four, right? And it's still not done, and you're hoping and praying, and you even, you even lobbed out some gentle reminders, right? And day five comes, it's still not done. How do you react, right? I'm taking this away, I'm taking this away, I'm taking this away, right? Or are you just like, well, praise the Lord, we're just going to give you another five days, that's how I react. I just want you to know. I don't know how you react. Right. Come on. Right on, somebody. Come on. All right. So, so here's the deal, though. It gets serious, though, when you get a bad doctor's report. When you've been told that you have X amount of days to live. Or when you're in stage three whatever. This is when it really counts. How many of you know what I'm talking about? This is when it counts. 
you got to trust God. That's when it counts. And so what do we find ourselves doing? Getting online, checking out all the symptoms and, and all the things. And we're spending more time studying the illness or trusting God. Are you with me today, somebody? Or you're in a financial situation. You just lost your job. And you have mouths to feed. What are we going to do? We're going to what? Trust God. So today, we're going to learn how to do that. Somebody want to learn how to do that here today? All right, so do, then do me a great big favor. Turn to somebody and just tell them, hey, you know what? It's time to trust God. Come on, tell them, tell them. And, and then find someone, tell them, it's okay to trust God. Come on, tell them. Tell them. All right, all right. So let's go back to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, and then I want, I want you to see the remedy here because there's a remedy right here, here, right in the middle of this, of this scripture is, is the dividing point. It's the point that we're going to jump off and figure out this thing and wrap our arms around. What does it really mean to trust God? All right, so Proverbs 3, 5 says this, and we read it already. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. All right? So I want you to see two extremes over here. Corner one, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Are you with me? And corner number two, lean not to your own understanding. So basically, corner one over here, you're trusting in the Lord. Corner number two, you're leaning on your own understanding. Following me? And listen, this scripture is very clear. It tells us, young person, this tells us that whatever way you lean can determine the level of success that you're going to experience. Are you with me? So if we lean this way, we're trusting the Lord. Everybody lean this way. Trust the Lord, right? Okay, trust the Lord, right? Or lean this way. Or we're going to trust ourselves, which is our own understanding. Now, I, you know what? We could teach this whole message like this. Because I think we spend most of our time trying to figure stuff out on our own. Because to lean on your own understanding means that you're trusting in your own ability to figure out what God is doing in your life. How many of you cannot figure out God? God God has, he's working on stuff for us. He's always working on stuff for us. And if we look back in the course of our life, we all need to understand he has been there all along, whether we realize it or not. Okay? Because that's what it means to, when we say to lean on our own understanding, it means to trust in our own ability to figure out what God is doing or what God is saying. You've prayed. You've sought the Lord. And as you, you've heard the preacher say, you've got to trust God. You've heard all that. But you're still in the valley of indecision. You still have to make a decision. And I didn't understand why after seeking the Lord and, and, and spending time with him in this business decision that we needed to make in reference to uh, an interest rate choice that we needed to make for one of our investments, I didn't understand why uh, as low as the interest rate market was in that season, the only one available to us was, was the one that was a point and three quarters higher. And in real estate, a point and three quarters is a lot of money. But it was the only one that was available to us. I pulled every lever. I pushed every button. I talked to this person. I talked to that person. I talked to everybody but the White House. Come on. I said, why can't I have the lower interest rate? Well, you don't qualify for it. You have to take this one. And I didn't understand. Now, here, here's what it was. To take the lower interest rate, I had to be locked into a contract for 10 years. But to take the higher interest rate, there was no lock in the contract. But it was the only one that was available to us. We were like 
pigeonholed into the situation, and I didn't understand it because it was just, this was a lot of money on a monthly basis. But I didn't after praying, after seeking the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm trusting you, but, but there's nothing I can do now. I have to accept this, and I have to trust you. Now, I didn't know that 18 months later, the floor was literally going to fall in the interest rate market, and we were able to, to refinance that property for 2% less than the 2% floor that we missed. Are you with me? It was a total of almost 4%. Are you guys with me? Now, I didn't know. Listen, here's what I want you to get. I was stuck over here. God, what are you doing? you got to trust. you got to trust. And he was working all along. Come on, somebody. He knew in 18 months. And I feel like a lot of times we're in a situation, we're in a holding pattern. We're in a holding pattern. And it stinks to be in a holding pattern. Have you ever been in a holding pattern? And, just, and some of you feel like you're in a holding pattern right now. I'm just in a holding pattern. I want to be married, but I'm still single. I want to be self-employed, but I still work for a hard boss. I, I, I'm in this particular situation, but I keep being passed up for promotion. I, keep, I don't get the right classes that I need, and so therefore I have to spend extra time in school. And so we're in this like holding pattern. In this holding pattern, I want you to know something. Sometimes the holding pattern is from God because he's working on something for us. Are you with me? I didn't understand why. Jeannie and I wanted to get into this neighborhood where my sister lived. And we lived on one side of town, and, and Tracy and her husband and her girls lived on the other side of town. And every single weekend, we got in the car and loaded up those three girls and plugged them into all those car seats, you know, and, and all the chips and all the crunchy crackers and stuff that all falls between the seat lines. You know what I'm talking about? Petrified French fries, right? So we drove over to that neighborhood week after week looking at houses. And what about this one? And what about that one? It's too expensive and it's too far. And, it just, and most everything was just way too expensive. And we did this for two years. And I didn't understand how many. We kept driving over there and driving over there. And tell you, here's what happened. My, my sister lost her first husband to cancer. And it was a terrible situation. And so i never forget, pulling up to her house and we were just gathering things together, and it was a sad moment for all of us. And, and while everybody was just kind of consoling each other, I walked outside. I stood in the street, and I looked at my sister's house. And I said, Lord, right now, you have to do me a favor. I said, either the house on the left or the house on the right has to move because I need to be close to my sister. Okay? And I prefer the one on the left because it matches me more. I literally prayed like that. And I said, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do Now, this is after two years of driving into that neighborhood. Are you with me? So it was, it was probably 10 days later, we pulled into her house, unloaded the kids, do a bunch of stuff there. We were there for a couple of hours, loaded everybody up. While we were backing out of the driveway, they just finished putting in the for sale sign to the house, the one that matched me. Come on. I promise you, it happened just like this. And within 48 hours, we had a contract on that house. And we lived there. Now, I'm driving every weekend. And God had the very best for me. And he's got the very best for you. But sometimes, you're in a holding pattern. And the holding pattern sucks. Did he just say that? Yes! You know. But I'm telling you, God's working on something. Are you with me today? You're here today. You're in a holding pattern. 
You're in a holding pattern with your career, a holding pattern with your business, a holding pattern maybe with your health. But God is working on something. Somebody just needs to shout, God is working on something. Come on. He's working on it for you. I really believe it. I really believe it. Can someone say right on in this place? All right. All right. So, all right. So which way are you going to lean? Are you going to lean towards trusting God or are you going to lean into your ability to try to figure it out, to figure out God's timing, to figure out what God's doing, to lament the losses, to lament the hurts, to constantly look back. You know, there's a reason why we have a big front window in our car and a really little one to see out the rear. There's a reason for that. I got a bunch of smart people in here. I don't even have to finish that one. Are you with me? We're either going to, come on, we're either going to trust God. Come on, I need some interaction here today. Come on, we're either going to trust God. Now, you would do this at the Tiger game. We're either going to trust God or we're going to trust ourselves. I'm telling you, trust God. Now, let me just put this in here. To not trust God and to not trust yourself and to stay here in the middle is trusting yourself. So to do nothing, you're trusting yourself. I'm just going to sit here and check it out. And that's what you'll get. When the Lord is offering you an amazing opportunity. There's this, there is one single ingredient that I just believe that's going to help us in understanding this here today. I think the best way for me to get this over to you is in an illustration. And as you see this illustration, I really believe it's going to help us to understand where we are in our own trust muscle and our own trusting God, and our own ability to say, all right, I'm going to lean this way instead of this way. Okay, so I'm going to invite Steve and um, uh, Jeremiah up here. Come on up here, guys. I want to show you guys. I want you guys to help me with this illustration, all right? Hey, guys, this is Jeremiah. Look at him. He's got his little metal Super Bowl. Give him a great big God bless you. He wore his stuff here because he wanted you guys to know. He won a trophy that was almost as big as him. Come on, awesome. So thank you. Thank you. All right. This is Steve. You guys know. So give, give these guys a great big God bless you. All right. So, Jeremiah, I want you to stand right here. Okay. You st- stand right here. Okay. Face this way. Okay. You just stand right there. Okay. Steve, I want you to stand in front of Jeremiah right over here. All right. And so here's what we're going to do. Now, <clears throat> you guys following me so far? This is called the trust fall. <laughs> He's got this. All right. How old are you? Ten. You're ten. And what do you weigh? 30 pounds? Yeah, it's about right. So I won't, you know you don't ask an adult that question, right? So, okay. All right, so, so, <laughs> so you're going to catch him, right? So, so he, when he falls back, you're going to put your hands out here like this, all right? And you're going to catch him, and you can do this, right? Isn't he awesome? Brother, he's awesome right here, man. Come on. Your dad's taking pictures. Look at this. Give him a thumbs up. Okay, now back over here. All right. All right. So. Ready? Okay, ready? Get ready. All right, ready? We're going to count three. One, two, three. Okay, okay, okay. You really thought I was going to do that, did you? Okay, now here's, no, stay here. Just keep, stay right there. All right. Now, you got to get this point. If you see God this big in your life, you will not trust him to fall back. Are you with me? If you see God 
this big in your life, you will not trust him. You won't. Those words, you got to trust God, that go in through one ear and out the other. You sit in a sermon like this, one ear and out the other. Can someone say right on in this place? Right on. See, if you see God this big in your life, you will never trust him. You will never. Now, here's the goal, right? The goal is, let's switch around. Let's do a little switch around here. I want you to get this visual because this is the visual right over here, all right? This is you. This is God. Are you guys, when you, when you can see it this way, we'll say it like this. Switch around, back around, back around. This is leaning in your own understanding. Switch back. This is trusting God with all of your heart. Can somebody say right on in this place? All right. All right, so now do this. Now, Jeremiah, I want you to fall back and Steve's going to catch you. Now, this is what happens when you trust God. Go. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Give him a great big God bless you, somebody. Come on, come on, guys. Thank you. Thank you. If you didn't hear anything else I said, you needed to hear that. You needed to see that. How big is God in your life? Now, for me, I'm going to give you one little nugget here, one more little nugget. Can you guys use one little more nugget? Is that okay? We're early today, and this is awesome. I've been, I've been being spoken to since we started. This is only our, our seventh service, so I'm still catching my rhythm. Hello, somebody. Come on. So when you see God like the God of the Old Testament, you won't trust him. You won't trust him. Because the God of the Old Testament, that whole system was completely based on you being faithful. You being faithful. You doing something. You going to temple. You saying the prayers. You shedding the blood. You doing this. You doing this. And you doing this. And so I want you to see something. Go back over to Proverbs chapter 3. This is going to be a nugget right here. I believe it will change your life. Proverbs chapter 3, look at this. It says, um, it says, now remember, we just read, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to an understanding, right? Look what this says here. It says, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Now, then it goes into trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your understanding. So I would read this. I'm just going to speak for me. I would read this and I'd say, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you and bind them around your neck, and let them get into your heart, okay? And then trust in the Lord with all your heart. This this goes on to say, and then you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Isn't that awesome? So if you don't let steadfastness and faithfulness forsake you, right, and you bind them around your neck, and you, and you get them in your heart, then you will find favor with God, and you will have success with man and God. Are you guys seeing this? So here's how I would read this. Well, I struggle with faithfulness. So success is going to elude me. So I struggle with being steadfast. So success is going to elude me. Because I struggled with being faithful, 
Now, now don't, don't let your mind run off in wild imaginations. I mean, he's unfaithful to his wife. That's what everybody thinks automatically. Don't go there. That's not what we're talking about. Because how many of you know we all could grow a little bit of faithfulness? Come on. Not just with your spouse, but just in everything, okay? So I was struggling. I know that I'm not completely faithful about everything. I know that I'm not completely steadfast about everything. So because I'm not completely faithful about everything, and because I'm not completely steadfast about everything, well, then maybe this good success and this favor between God, inside of God, inside of man, is eluding me. And that's how I used to see this. Until the Lord opened my eyes, guys. And I hope he opens your eyes here today. Because you have to see this. The, The scripture is not telling us to write our own faithfulness and our own steadfastness on our heart. What it's telling us is to write God's faithfulness and his steadfastness on our heart. Are you guys getting this? And when you see how faithful God is, not your faithfulness, but his faithfulness, when you see how steadfast he is, not your steadfast, but his steadfast, then all of a sudden the game starts changing. Are you guys getting this? And the more we begin to see what God has done for us, that he is really faithful, even when we're faithless, even when, when we're not steadfast, but he is still steadfast, when you get a hold of this, it is such a game changer. This will start a revolution in your heart. This is one of the main reasons why we came to plant this church. It's not to say that we're the next best thing. That is not it. I'm telling you right now. Because I guarantee you there's better worship down the street someplace. I'll guarantee there's probably better coffee. Well, maybe not better coffee. You got Tim Hortons over here, you know. So I'll guarantee you there's something better down the street. But I'll tell you what God has called us here to do is to start a revolution so that people can understand that God's love doesn't change. We change, but he never changes. And when you understand this, you'll fall out of love with sin and more in love with Jesus. Good success, good favor will follow you all the days of your life. That's what we came here to start. I didn't come here to start talking about the past or or mulling this up, or mulling that. I came here to help people find this. And when you find this, your life changes. You you begin to see things different. You begin to receive from God different. When you're in that, that, that valley of indecision, when you have to make a decision and you don't know which way to go, if it's left or right, or by this or this investment or that opportunity, whatever, we trust God. You know why? Because he's faithful, not me. He's steadfast, not me. Come on, somebody. I would read that scripture and get so condemned. I am not faithful. I am not steadfast. So I can't have the success the Bible is telling me that I can have. But I want you to know something. If you get this today, you are already a success. I'm telling you, you may not see it in the natural, but I'm telling you, it is on the way. The holding pattern. Maybe this is the thing. That pulls us out of the holding pattern. Come on, have you ever felt that a time or two in your life? You're just stuck. God is unsticking us. I'd like for you to do me a favor. Susan, come up here. I'd like you to just lift up your right hand. Just lift up your right hand right now. I just feel like the Lord's doing something special right here. Doing something really special right here. You have been here in this valley of indecision, and with your eyes closed and with your hand lifted up, I want you to reverse the way you have been seeing God in your head. 
I want you to see God bigger than you. Bigger than that uncertainty. Bigger than that valley of indecision. Bigger than that doctor's report. Bigger than that financial report. Bigger than the rift that's in your family. Bigger than any pain that's in your body. I want you to make a decision today, a quality decision, that by the grace of God, you will refuse, you will refuse to try to figure out what God is doing in your life and just embrace what he's doing in your life right now and enjoy it. That's where the victory is, my friends. Lord, I pray for all of my friends here today. I pray for every one of them, Lord. The one that's stuck in the business decision. The one that's stuck with that health situation. The one that's stuck in that valley of unforgiveness. The one that's stuck in that valley of bitterness. I pray for my friends right now, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, that the way you enlighten my understanding, that it's your faithfulness that you wrote on my heart. It's your steadfastness that you wrote on my heart. That's what pulled me out of the pit. I pray, Lord, that you pull us out of any pit, out of any valley right now in the name of Jesus. And I just pray, Lord, right now that you would do a new work in people's lives right now. Oh, 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 oh. I just see it right now. It's a kidney situation right now. Oh, the Lord is touching somebody's kidney. You've been having kidney issues. Right now in this place, the Lord's touching you. He's healing you. Come on, just worship God with me for a moment. We serve a supernatural God. Lord, we just worship you. We worship you. We give you praise and honor and glory. Man, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, look up at me. How many of us serve a great big God? Maybe you're here today, and you don't know this God that we're talking about. Maybe you, like me, knew the God of religion, the God of the Old Testament, the God that says that if you don't do this, then I'm not going to do this for you. And trust me, I wasn't doing a whole lot of stuff, trust me. Okay. If you know that God, and if you've heard about that God, then that's not who we're talking about here today. When Jesus showed up on the scene 2,000 years ago, he freaked out the religious community because he started to talk to the religious community and the people of his day about God being his father, not his judge. It freaked everybody out. It didn't freak out the people. The people were like, this is amazing. And they followed him by the masses. But it freaked out the religious leaders because you can't see God as the father. He's God as the judge. Because if you see God as the father, now I lose my control. I lose my control over you. Yeah, you need to lose control over people. Come on. The people don't belong to you in the first place. Hello, somebody. We need to trust God. See, and Jesus showed up talking about the father, the perfect father. The one who said he would never leave you or forsake you. The one who said, I'm with you, whether you feel like I'm with you or not. The one who was with me in that business decision when I 
didn't realize he was with me all along. The one who was with me trying to get into that neighborhood, when I realized he was working on something all along, I didn't know that God. I didn't. I only knew him in this do's and don'ts way. I only knew him in a way that as long as I live perfectly, as long as I got my act together, then he would bless me. But I want you to know something today. I don't care what your act looks like today. God is here to bless you because that's how he does it. And maybe you don't know this God. Maybe you've never heard how awesome this Jesus is. Maybe you heard that if you follow Jesus, you have to give up everything in your life and you're going to have to live such a life of restrictions, such a life of, of not being able to do anything fun. If you've heard that, I'm telling you, that is one of the biggest lies from Satan. When you follow this Jesus that I'm talking about, he promises life, life abundant. He promises a life of adventure, a life of fullness, a life that you can only imagine can be fulfilled in your dreams. That's the life that Jesus has come to give us. So if you're here today and you don't know this Jesus, I want to invite you to know this Jesus, not the judge, the father, the brother, the one who loves us, the one who doesn't care what you've done. He's already paid the price. He's already done it. This whole new thing now is based on his faithfulness, not yours anymore. <laughs> that bugged me at first when I heard about that. I'd been working on being faithful, working on being faithful. And when I found out, wait, the whole New Testament's based on Jesus' faithfulness, not mine? I had to eat a gallon of ice cream. Come on, somebody. When you understand this, it's how much he loves you. So I'm going to ask every head to be bowed in this place. Please, no one looking around. It's an amazing moment right here. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, this is the most important part of what we're doing here today, right here, because this is the beginning of trusting God with all your heart. This is the beginning of finding every answer you're looking for. This is the beginning of coming out of all those valleys. If you don't know who Jesus is in this place, if you don't know, where you're going to end up when you leave this earth. God wants you to know. He doesn't want you in the dark. He wants you to have an eternal security in this place and know that you can forever trust him. Trust him with your big things. Trust him with your little things. If it matters to you, it matters to God. Trust him. You're here today. You say, Pastor, you know, I have never met that Jesus. That's the Jesus that I want to know. I don't want to embarrass you. I don't want to call you out. Every head's bowed in this place. Every eye's closed. I'm the only one looking around. I got to know that that's you, though. I need to come into agreement with you. So put up your hand nice and high. You want to know this Jesus right here. Come on. Put your hand nice and high. Let me see it in this place. I see it. You can put that hand down. Thank you. I see it. I see that hand. You can put that hand down. Thank you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You're here today. You're saying, you're saying, I am disconnected from God. I need to reconnect. I need to be re-inspired in my walk with God after hearing the things that I've heard today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to come in agreement with you too. Come on. With every head bowed and every eye closed, put your hand nice and high so I can see if that's you here today. You're saying, I need to reconnect. Thank you. Put your hand down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Proud of you. I am so proud of you guys. So proud of you guys. Awesome. 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 All right, so I want you to do me a great big favor. I want you to pray this prayer with me together as a group because we don't want to embarrass anybody in this place. Pray this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that your word is true. 
I believe Jesus is the Son of God. And he came to this earth and died for my sins. And you raised him from the dead to pay for my sins forever. And that I am forgiven, past, present, and future. Jesus, come into my life right now. Help me to be your son. Help me to be in the kingdom of God right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, come on. Give God a great shout in this place, somebody. Come on, come on, come on. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, do me a great big favor. And that worship guide that you received when you came in here, on the bottom is a connection card. Jason talked about that. Fill that out. Please do me a favor and go to our new here tonight. We have a free gift for you. We just want to know that you, you prayed that prayer. We're not going to bombard you. We have no hassle guarantee here at Revolution Church, I promise you. But I do want you to have a really cool T-shirt that will make you look skinny when you wear it, okay? So stop by our new here tent and give us that card. That would be awesome. And if you're here today, too, and, and you're, you're visiting us today for the first time and, and, and you want to fill out your connection card and get your free gift, stop out at the table like Jason said earlier, we would be honored for you to be able to do that. And in a second, we're going to begin to worship God with our giving, okay? And as we worship God with our giving, the ushers are going to be passing a bucket. If you have a prayer request, I want you to put that prayer request in that bucket because we want to agree with you. Everything is done by prayer. Come on, somebody. We're a praying bunch around here, and we just believe God is doing some miracles in people's lives, all right? So when that bucket comes around, put that card, that prayer request in that bucket. And I promise you, our team, we're going to lay hands on it, and we're going to declare the blessing of God in it, and we're going to believe that something supernatural is happening in your life. I have to tell you this. Don't take this moment lightly when you, when you ask a church to start praying for you because we, this is our sixth or seventh service, okay? And as our seventh service, amazing, we have three amazing financial miracles where people have literally doubled and tripled their income since coming to Revolution Church. I don't understand it. I don't understand it, you know. I just know. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that when we worship God with our giving, when we worship God with our seed, when we worship God this way, Hebrew says, Hebrew says this, somehow you give your, your seed, your money to a church, and when you give it to a church, then the Bible says that Jesus receives it there. And I don't understand how this all works, but I know that when he receives it there, whatever he receives, he's going to bless. Come on, somebody. So when you worship God with your giving, in a place like this, I'm telling you, we believe that Jesus receives it there, and that's how the blessing flow begins to start. And you know something? I'm not going to apologize for that. I am blessed as a result of understanding what, is, what it means to worship God with my giving. Anybody want to get excited about worshiping God with their giving, all right? Let me tell you something. And I want to just say this. And I'm a pastor, so a pastor always has to exhort people, all right? I gave you a lot of sugar today, so i got to give you a little something else here, all right? Is that Okay. When a farmer sows his seed, is he sad or happy? I can see. You've been spending way too much time on your phone. When a farmer sows his seed, is he happy or is he sad? Why is he happy? He knows something's coming. Are you guys getting it? In fact, a farmer, he cannot wait until it's time to sow seed. He can't wait because he knows that when he sows that seed, he knows in two or three months the harvest is coming. Are you with me? So when, so when the farmers in, 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 in that farming day, when they would say, hey, dudes, they were all the little hold down, everybody saying, yee-haw, you know, you know how they used to do, okay? They would say, guys, 
It's going to be sowing season. They went, yeah! Yeah, they went crazy. Crazier than the Detroit Lions winning. Help me out, somebody. Come on. When you know, when you know your seed is going to God, I'm telling you, that's a time to get happy and that's a time to get excited. So here's what I want us to do as a church. When we say it's time to worship God with our giving, that's a time to get happy. Come on, somebody. That's a time to say, hey, I know I'm getting involved in something that God is doing. And here's the deal. So when you worship God with your giving, church gets it and we're able to do really cool stuff with it, like the team that went out yesterday, kudos to our outreach team, and there was eight people out there in the cold giving away free gas. Come on, somebody, give them a great big God bless you. Sam, Dave, and all you guys who haven't met your names, O'Lear, Toria, David, I'm telling you, that was awesome. 60 60 cars they were able to bless. We wouldn't be able to do that if we didn't worship God with our giving. We wouldn't be able to do that if we weren't faithful. Are you guys getting this? So when you worship God with your giving in a church like this, you're making an investment in the kingdom of God. And I don't know how the Lord does it, but he takes it there and he blesses it back to us. Do you receive that here today? So we have one of three ways that you can give today. You can give online, you can give, you can give by text, or our ushers have, or you've received an envelope today as you walked in, you can, you can give us a check, all right? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. We're going to pray for this giving right now. I want to just believe God for supernatural things. Well, I'll also invite you guys also, before I pray, to step number one. Today, the first Sunday of the month, and it is step? First Sunday of the month, and it's step? One. Step one. First Sunday, step what? One. Second Sunday is what? Step? Pretty simple. We keep things simple right. I need it really simple. Come on, somebody. All right, so today's step one. If you want to know more about what's going on at Revolution Church, we would love to host you at a luncheon right after this service. Lunch is on us. Child care is on us. It's all completely free. I'll be in there. Our team will be in there. We'd love to get a chance to know you, share some, share some stuff with you about who Revolution Church, what our vision is, what our values are, et cetera, et cetera. A little bit more in depth, okay? And so we would love to have you. Please join us at step one today if you haven't already been there with us, okay? It's an amazing way for us to get to know each other, okay? All right, ushers, you guys ready? Ready to pass those buckets. I'm going to pray. And as I pray, the ushers are going to be passing those buckets. All right. Father, thank you so much for your loving kindness and your goodness. We worship you and we thank you that your goodness is so amazing. Your faithfulness is so amazing. Your steadfastness is so amazing. Lord, we're going to trust you like we've never trusted you before. We're going to relax. We're going to settle the issue. We're going to follow your lead. We're not going to follow our lead anymore. We're going to follow your lead today. We're going to lean towards you today, Father. And I just thank you for all those who are faithfully giving today, faithfully worshiping you with their tithes and with their offerings. Lord God, that you would bless them, Lord God. Let them know that there's a divine connection that happens when we worship you with our giving in this place. In Jesus' name. And everybody said...